What's up? I'm Henry Cohen. Welcome to Henry's Cabin. We are in Great Wave Studios underneath the lodge. Somewhere in, if you're audio only, we're in Birmingham, England in the year 1911, post-World War I. Okay, the reason I'm saying that, I was in my workbench area, which is like uh, an unfinished part of a basement, the HVAC, water heater, and my workbench, doing workbench stuff. And when I do workbench stuff, especially if it's repetitive, I love it, it's relaxing, I like having a show on in the background. That combo is somehow, it's a meditative experience for me. And the show that was on, now this has nothing to do with the particular show I was watching. It's just what watching that show triggered in my mind. But I'm watching Peaky Blinders. And if you don't know, doesn't matter. No spoilers. It, my dad recommended it. And God, I really, I really enjoyed it. I've watched about, I don't know, a couple episodes. But there's a part in there. They're, they're in this, it's centered around this pub, at least for what I've watched. And uh, a woman gets a job there. She likes to sing. The guy in charge doesn't allow singing. No singing in the pub. It's not real clear why, but I imagine it has something to do with uh, kind of post-World War One. They just, they feel there's nothing to sing about. Uh, a little bit later, he allows her to sing for him. And it's after hours, and, and it's nothing. It's just she sings him a song. And before she does, she asks him, happy or sad? He says, sad. She warns him, it'll break your heart. And then she sings him a song. And, and two things came to mind immediately. One being that, goodness, I mean, do people really sing like that anymore? Like as, as a skill, as just to entertain each other and, and to convey emotion. I feel like American Idol might have destroyed that a little bit. It's, it's more about the level of singing or the skill of singing than it is the content of the song. And this is clearly about the, the lyrical content of what was being sung uh, and conveying that. But it made me think about, could someone sit there and listen? To, let's say there's a bunch of people in the pub or the room or whatever it is, and someone is singing a song. Could a group of people make it through that? And no one pulls out their phone for the entire three minutes. That was one. The other is when she warned him, this song will break your heart. Would it have that same emotional impact? Have we become a little desensitized? And I'm thinking specifically about social media. Specifically the short form video social media, which is what most people mean when they say social media now is those reels, TikToks, as real short videos. Does social media change your brain chemistry? Does it rework your neurology? Now, I, I know this is the case. I've, I've seen discussions on it. I've watched very intelligent people kind of drop that. Well, we, well, we know uh, social media is rewiring our brain and, and just moved right past it. Uh, and I was like, well, slow down. Well, what do you mean exactly? You know, having, having some idea of neurobiology, like, what do you mean exactly is happening? And so looking into it, I've found that either there's no substance in the explanation or there's so much substance it becomes you really need to have a handle on the vocabulary surrounding neurobiology to understand the article. But I'm going to lay out a few simple things. Uh, other shows that are real popular. Big Bang Theory, if you've seen that. 
the Sheldon and Penny, they're two characters in the show. Sheldon, who's a professor and real young guy, finding Penny annoying, decides to train her. So he's giving her chocolates anytime she does anything that he likes. Or if she's annoying, he, he tries to coax her into trying again, gives her a chocolate. And it's, it's Pavlovian, you know, after the, uh, the, the scientist that did an experiment on dogs salivating. It rung a bell, the dogs were fed, and after a while, they would ring the bell and the dogs would salivate in anticipation of being fed. Okay, the same thing. In my house, I, I, obviously, they hear the dog bowls move from anywhere they can hear that, and they know it's mealtime. They come up. They're ready. That association, that's, um, that's what it's based on. Another show they did in The Office, too, where Jim and Dwight, Jim fired up his computer, gives Dwight a mint. You want a mint? Offers him a mint. Keeps doing this. and doesn't say in the show. You, know, you think it's probably weeks, maybe it's months. And then he fires up his computer. Dwight puts his hand out, and Jim's like, what are you doing? You know, um, to tease him. That's the whole, the whole idea. Operant conditioning, uh, Pavlov's dog, that, that's the real simple form of it, okay? Is it changing your brain chemistry? I mean, it's rewiring. It's as tool users, you know, in nature, we take an action, and if we practice that action enough times, the neural connection gets a myelin sheath, which basically means that pathway gets, uh, you're able to do it faster. If you do it enough times, you can do it faster. That's why you want to practice perfectly and allow the speed to come over time with playing an instrument, throwing a football, anything like that. And eventually, with enough conscious repetitions of a thing, it goes over to your subconscious. Uh, the first time I tried to drive a stick shift. I, my first car I bought was a stick shift. I had to figure it out on the way home. It was a very conscious act. I was grinding it out all the way. I made it. I figured it out. But after hundreds of repetitions daily, it became to the point where I could put in a CD and turn and hit the turn signal and talk to someone and change gears all at the same time. It had entered the same category as blinking, breathing, all these subconscious activities that I do with enough repetitions that neural pathway gets myelinated, we can do it quickly. Okay. Just there's a reward in it in the, in the shows that I mentioned, but that's basically the process. So I'm not getting everything, but I'm thinking about two metrics that, that I thought about watching Peaky Blinders. So I got my Peaky Blinders hat on. I got this in Dongle, Ireland, and it was made there. So it seemed very appropriate to come home with it. There's a big statue of a dolphin in the, in the town square. It's on the sea. It's beautiful. Um, but there's two aspects to this that I thought of. Hundred, you know, they say about 100 repetitions to move something from your conscious to your subconscious. So if you're sitting there scrolling, how many repetitions of doing this would one get in a, in a sitting, however long that is? And you add that up over a week, what is it you've reinforced? Now, 
if you post anything on a video feed, or if you look into how to get popular on, on one of these platforms, they say, keep your videos under 30 seconds, and you must grab everyone's attention in the first two. So if these videos are, you know, maxed out around 30 seconds, you're reinforcing that act of changing attention very, very quickly, over and over and over and over, until you find yourself in a conversation with someone, and they've been talking for over a minute, and, and you find you need to shift your attention to something else. Uh, if you've ever been talking to someone that the phone comes out of their pocket unconsciously, and, and you're like, oh my goodness, they're playing on their phone. We're, I'm in the middle of telling them the story. And maybe they're checking that you, they mention anything that you, that you don't know. Like, I don't know how this works. The phone comes out, they start looking it up. You know, it's that, that angst starts to come because of the training, the same way you would train a dog. That high level of repetition, it, my time is up, I need to shift my attention. Okay, so the duration of our attention uh, gets gets ingrained with that. That gets rewired a little bit. To where paying attention so, to something deeply for a long period of time without distraction becomes much more difficult. It starts to feel awkward and unnatural. That's one metric. The other that I mentioned was it'll break your heart. The emotional engagement in whatever the thing is that we're watching or looking at. If these videos must grab your attention in two seconds, they have to be hilarious immediately at a very high level, okay? But not just a high level. There, there's comedy that operates at a high level that takes time to unfold, that, that, that the joke takes, it could take several, half a book to set up the impact of a particular joke to hit you on a very deep level. Uh, or a movie, or, or anything like that. Old westerns were like that. And not so much with, with the comedy, but with the action. It would build very slowly. But when the action came, and it may be, very, it may be one or two shots are fired, the whole movie. Uh, it may be less than that. But the impact was so dramatic and so very real because of the craft of leading up to that moment. So the type of comedy it has to be is very different than uh, that, that type of intelligent craft where it, where it leads up to that. It has to be right in your face. It's usually very physical, very animated, the level of stimulation quite high. The other ways to grab someone's attention is uh, appealing to someone's base instincts, uh, which can get a lot of teenagers in trouble, or angering people, which is actually a great way to get something to rise up because angering people tends to get the comment section going which allows that post to rise up and get a lot of attention or scaring people uh, especially with FOMO fear of missing out I'm gonna tell you this thing that and there's some hook where you must see it till the end to figure out what the thing is those are those are kind of the two metrics so one being attention span the other being depth of emotion and what it takes to feel and engage on that level. Both of those being reprogrammed. Look, so there's the, I didn't even use any big words. I didn't even mention neurotransmitters, nothing. That's just easy enough to understand. If you can understand that Big Bang's funny, you understand neurological reprogramming. That's it. You get that reinforcement and it becomes a habit. 
And the habit is more powerful than the rule, which is something we're going to revisit. Okay. Uh, think of training that dog. With a dog, when I tell my dog, you know, come, uh, he doesn't think treat, and you don't get a treat for that anymore. It's been trained. Initially, you give a treat. He comes, gets a treat. Oh, I want to do this thing because I'm going to get a treat. But eventually, the response, the physical response to that word gets trained to where the treat's unneeded anymore. He hears the word, he must come. Couldn't tell you why. The same reason why someone's sitting in a social situation, a minute goes by, the phone has to come out. They couldn't tell you why. It just does. It's not a conscious effort anymore. It's in the same category as blinking, breathing. It's subconscious. It's trained. Okay? That's it. The emotional reaction bothers me a little bit more because uh, I think that might take a little bit more work to undo. With the attention span, I think of meditation. I think of even just trying to focus on something positive for a real amount of time. Uh, because some people think of meditation as clearing your mind, and that's not always what it is at all. Uh, sometimes it's simply focusing on a particular thing. And, and yes, thinking about it, but thinking about what you choose to think about for a period of time without distraction. And that can counter, that can really train you to pay attention. I'll tell you a great one to do if you want an incredible meditation. And you have, you don't have to have kids for this, but if you do, I believe this to be very powerful. Four, five, you know, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, around that age, well, really much longer than that, they can tend to tell very long, epic stories about anything and go on and on and on about it. And it can be difficult to engage for that long, especially if you got to do the dishes and you got this list of stuff you need to take care of. It can be difficult. The practice would be, the counter would be making the conscious decision. I'm going to give my full attention to every bit of the story and open my whole heart to it. And a couple things happens. Uh, yes, you start to train yourself to pay attention to people, which is great. Or maybe untrain the training of paying attention to something else every 30 seconds. At the same time, and do this as an experiment, watch the difference that happens. Uh, they open up in ways you never had seen them open up before. Because they can sense that attention and that heart being open. And they tend to tell you things they wouldn't otherwise tell you. Not because they're secretive, but there's a sense for there's nowhere for it to go. Okay? If you think 90, was it 93% of communication is nonverbal? Which may not make sense if you think, well, we text each other. If you say, pick up the eggs through text, you're going to come home with some eggs probably. Uh, but what I mean is, communication is not just that information. If I am telling you get the eggs and I'm flustered or I'm short or if I seem aloof, that's information. It's the tonality I use when I say those things. The spacing of my words, if it's very short, I may be rushed, that tells you things. It's my body language at the time. It's how I come across. You're picking up all kinds of stuff aside from what's being said. That's communication. And when we are phoning it in, when we are making great eye contact and nodding and grunting at the right times, 
the other person can tell that that's all we're doing. And maybe not even consciously. They may not even think that. But vulnerability is not going to come very naturally because they are picking up that they only have a portion of you. So the level that they're going to engage and give you of themselves is going to match the level of attention that you're giving to them. Uh, that's, that's usually a pretty perfect match too. And you can experiment that and watch it happen. Next time you're, you're with anyone, just give them your whole self. Really listen and really ask questions that show you're listening. And, and not just this, this is different than having good posture and eye contact. You, you can't fake it. You must actually be there. There's no way around this. And when you do that, it changes everything. As a parent, this is a game changer. Okay, You have a little person, a little human being, that is as much a human being as you are. Even though your to-do list may beat up their to-do list, that doesn't matter. Their feelings are just as real and just as big as yours. And everything they have to say is very important to them. As important as what you have to say is to you. Take a moment to recognize that. And this little person that's looking for validation and how they fit into the world and, and trying to figure out how to interact with others and, and find their own voice, that comes from that interaction from being able to open up in that way and, and listen and receive it. So that's the most powerful. You know, if you're going to meditate, if you want to increase your attention span, I think that would be the most giving way to do it. Because not only are you training yourself in that way, but you're giving to another human being and, and help build up their own self-worth and their ability to communicate at the same time. The emotional connection will come from that. You know, I mean, there's a level of overstimulus where we just get, we get tapped out and it takes so much to entertain us. But the thing that none of those videos has, uh, the thing that they're not going to get across in 30 seconds that you can get across with one of your friends or your family member or a little person coming up to tell you a story is love. You give that and uh, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to get tapped out on that. They're not going to get desensitized to that. Um, if you truly just give someone your love and your attention, that trumps the most entertaining real video, YouTube video, whatever it is. It, it, it kills it all. It goes right past it. And that, that connection will be very real and they'll come back for more. So that's how you engage. Okay? And once that piece wakes up, that emotional piece, you may find yourself listening to a song and hearing the lyrical content and find that it breaks your heart, having connected emotionally again. So those are the two metrics that I think, and there's more. I mean, obviously, social media can reprogram us in other ways, but those are the two big ones that I see that are very clear, like right at the surface. And I think the two dangerous ways they fall on us is, as people, but especially as parents, is uh, we have these kids that really want our attention and our heart and they want to be enough to grasp our attention and, and, and be worthy of our, of our love. They, don't, they can't compete with a 30-second TikTok video because it's, it's not just the video's done well or something like that. This is the, out of millions of submissions, these are the top ones 
that rose up. Okay. So yeah, out of millions of submissions, whatever you end up actually seeing beat out all kinds of others. So they're obviously the highest stimulus out of all of it. Uh, that's what that's what our kids have to compete with. You know, and it's, again, it's not conscious. We would never do this consciously. Uh, it happens. It happens quite subconsciously. We're training ourselves. I think, uh, what did I look at? The average person, it's two hours and 24 minutes, if I'm not, a day on social media, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if you don't believe that, if you want to know where you measure up, there's settings on your phone, you can track it. And you think, if I were to spend two hours and 24 minutes a day training a dog, that would be a high-level, high-functioning service dog. I mean, you could have... A serious, a seriously trained dog in a relationship. What if you gave that same time to another human being? What level of relationship would you have? Where would that take you? You know, I mean, cool. You you put that two and a half hours into anything, you'd be really good at it. But uh, what if you devoted your full attention, that same level of attention, into another human being in your life at that level? You think, well, who would want that? Uh, your kids would. Your kids, when you have multiple kids, you got to divide that two and a half hours up. And it becomes not so much real quick. And what are you training then? You know, you're, you're training and setting up a trajectory for a lifetime of, of that connection and that relationship and demonstrating how to connect with another human being. Because the other thing, that mirror neuron... I know I wasn't going to talk about neurobiology, but there is a, a mirror neuron in which we learn things without even trying. We just see it and copy it. Uh, they're also watching you playing on your phone as well all the time. And uh, they despise it at this age, but when they get older, they're going to mimic that behavior. It's getting wired into their brain. So not only are you retraining yourself as you scroll, uh, you're training those around you the importance of, of scrolling for that time period every day, every moment of downtime. And, and I have found personally that a rest or a break on social media is, is a little bit exhausting, actually. It's, it's not refreshing. I don't actually let down because, again, it's overstimulus. It's anger, it's fear, it's FOMO, or it's slapstick comedy. It's not reflection. It's not taking a moment to reset. So that is it. Um, you know, I don't want to break your heart, but I hope, I hope some of these practices, if you can experiment them with them and the, with the people in your life, uh, that you can find a little bit more connection and, and have some fun with it. You know, have some fun with their reactions and how they treat you. So until next time, uh, pay attention. Pay attention.